Welcome to these three very special episodes of A View From Side. My name is Rosie Clement-Henion and in April this year, 2021, I joined the G39 team, an artist-run gallery based in Cardiff. One of my first roles as a Jewish Unite intern was to support five artists in residence. They were Gwendolyn Lloyd, Gwenba, Wendy Short, Sadia Panida, Hamid and Bo Beekhouse and Yuande Yoyo Adonabi. Unite is a nine-week artist studio residency programme at G39 devised by artists for artists. It is a space for artistic practice and its associated research, experiments for testing and sharing ideas, discussions and discovery. At the end of the residency, the five artists had the opportunity to share their work with the public for an open studio weekend. During these five artists' time at the G39 Unite residency, it was my delight to support them through curatorial discussions and to see their work develop. The following three episodes are a documentation of their experiences and processes on the programme, as well as a reflection on their earliest memories of art and roots in the an artist. I hope you find this inspiring or that it may assist you in your own creative path. First of all, what did you present? How did you feel it all went? For the Open Studio event, I presented kind of an accumulation of everything I'd been working on during Unite. I felt an Open Studio format was really good for me to be able to experiment with showing work I wouldn't necessarily show otherwise. I showed drawing for the first time in public ever, (laughs) which felt really daunting but also really exciting. So I had a large I think it was like a two meter long drawing that was presented on a table like thing. I had pieces of the kind of like wallpaper of swatches like drawn on presented on the walls. I had short animation sequences presented on monitors and digital prints as well and it was kind of a layering of all the different processes I've been working on and a way to see everything interacting with each other or interacting together. Yeah, that's really interesting actually. It's like all your mediums and thought processes put out, laid out. Exactly, yeah. So in a way it was like a mapping of the whole residency and all these different, sounds cheesy, but like locations of the work and the routes from one one to the other. It was really nice to work with lots of of colour and different textures and yeah, and it really felt like I'd pulled out some of the the things I'd been working on digitally into the physical. That's good because you kind of achieve what you set out to. I think, yeah, from it. I think in some ways. <laughs> it's always different, but yeah. But on the animations, had you been working with them during the residency or had you been developing them for a while? So the animations I showed were ones I'd been working on during the residency. So I'd been drawing in the studio and creating kind of like fictional wallpaper swatches that became digital textures. So I would take photos of them and like scan little bits and stuff and then upload them onto Blender and other software when I I got home. (laughs) And forms were kind of pulled from some of the drawing as well, but they they were very kind of simple forms in the animations. You mentioned your foundation, you like really attracted to sculpture and working mm-hmm. in that way. And I feel there's animations it shows that like, you've got that understanding. Oh, it's interesting. <laughs> oh. Cool that piece in. Yeah, yeah. I think definitely that 
interest in sculpture has trickled down and into the digital work and the and the drawing as well I think it doesn't feel like traditional drawing it feels more like plans for 3D or sculptural things was there any like reflections just in the next day after you'd presented it to the public <laughs> yeah it was so weird so during the install process there was like a day and a half where I was putting stuff up on the wall and kind of growing this thing, this accumulation of of work. And I didn't really know how it was all going to look together. Like I had a vague idea and I'd loosely planned it, but the process of installing was really fun to like work out how things might speak to each other. But then the next day coming in and knowing other people would see it felt so like daunting. (laughs) I think as well, because I hadn't shown work in public for so long that it felt kind of a big step, but also I think, again, the, the format of an open studio allowed me to take some of the pressure off myself because it's an open studio, it's not an exhibition, nothing has to be kind of resolved, so that was really nice. What are your next steps going forward? I think from the Unite residency I've been able to see all the kind of routes I could take with the work, <laughs> and now what I need to do is like commit to one route and um, see where that goes. One of the things um, I was chatting to people about after after the Open Studio event was that there were so many different elements, um, it would be interesting to really hone in on one thing and pull that out. So maybe still have lots of different things working together, but to kind of facilitate one really deeply worked on thing. Could that be like a medium or concept? It could be an actual physical thing that I pull out. I think I was chatting to some people about scale and some feedback I got was that some of the smaller things should be bigger. <laughs> and yeah, and it would be it would just be cool to just start pulling things out and honing in on them and working on them more. Cool, thank you. And I'll be moving to Rotterdam in September (laughs) to start a um, master's at the Piertzwart Institute over there. Um, So it's a a master in fine art and I hope to keep exploring the work I've been making on the residency there. So yeah, very exciting. So what is the work you presented for this show? The work is in progress and and I would say more a culmination of like research and tests. The first piece in what I consider to be three bits of work is a video of me in blue light, like kind of washed over me on blue fabric. And the movement that I'm doing in the piece is for me kind of centering these gestures and moments of caressing care and kind of interspliced with moments of celebration, I think. And I think there I'm trying to play with this sense of like a freedom of movement and expression, like but centered around like hand gesture and like openness, but also a clothing of myself in the, in the same hands. So the, the same hands that I use to kind of open myself up and just like exist and be present is this like the same hands that I used to hold myself and like map myself and remember myself. So I'm kind of playing with those, I guess the ways that my hands can tell a story or give space to myself. So there's that kind of, I guess, play and texture there. And, and I'm, I think the blue for me washing over is just that element of flow 
and that's how I see blue and that's just I think blue is a really special color for me and just my go-to so I think I'm playing with that there I guess following that how I got to that some of that place like before and after was just a combination of different research so reading Audre Lorde reading Eric Manning reading a really amazing book called Sharon Breath which is looking at an embodiment um, and it's like an anthology of lots of different practitioners I think mainly from Canada talking about embodiment from a decentralized Eurocentric perspective and that for me is really interesting and reading a lot about like Yoruba hand gestures and looking at um, different artists and dancers and performers um, someone called um, Benji Hart who brings vogue in history and, and practice into their performance practice and that for me is really interesting in how they think about voguing as radical performance and like vital in social justice as well as kind of political justice as well as like thinking about in art like that conversation in art spaces and stuff and just all these bits of information I created like a 2D kind of collage of that but also created a 3D well not 3D but like digital video that allows you to pause with well take a moment in time with me where I've been like mapping or kind of creating this orchestrated I guess deep dive of some of that research to kind of bring alive the videos audio the sounds that I've been kind of meditating on and yeah so that work is just I think the whole work or three pieces are just a glimpse at what I'd been working on in this residency. In the digital work the sounds are a mix of bits of conversations of talks that I went to. One talk in particular is called Slowness um, as a Bridge, which was a conversation between Georgina Johnson and Michelle White, both practitioners, great practitioners in London. They were having a conversation around slowness and what does that mean now? And that for me is really, was really important and still is important in thinking about not just my movement in the video, which you see that kind of slowness, but just also what does that mean practically? What does that time mean and look like? And so snippets of um, Georgina talking about that, um, bits of um, sounds from Benji Hart's um, performance that is it's called Dancer as Insurgent. I think I'm saying that right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and just snippets of moments where they're talking about the movement and describing it kind of instructionally and what that means and then also then it becomes conceptual and then there's moments of them reading out I think some writing that they had done which is part of the performance which just really resonated me and I resonated with me and I really wanted the sound to kind of connect to all the to connect to one another so kind of create like a almost like a mix I was creating a mix of these different explanations that kind of like fell into one another and there was some of it from like music videos or old documentaries um, around voguing and whacking art form and then also different people's performances as well as yeah live performance pieces which I felt was just really important to kind of allow them to talk to each other or like at least or at least the bits the moments in those spaces that resonated with where I was at like being conversation to kind of create the string or network of ideas. How do you think you'll take this book forward and how does it feed into how you saw it up last night, like now it's exhibited? I think being able to get out of my head, I think, is the thing that I've been saying a lot because I think there's just been a lot of ideas that have been connected and I've been reading stuff 
and this feels like a moment in really seeing it in real life and in situ um, next to each other as well has just been a moment to really kind of step back and be like oh okay this is how this is working and I can see that a bit more and sometimes when I stand at the work I'm looking at certain movements that I'm making was like oh there's something that I can stem extend with this and then that is really resonating with me remembering something that I put into like the research parts of the work and I'm just like oh I can really just extend this further so it gets me a bit excited to think about the things that are coming and are to come from this work because I see them I see all as openings rather than a finished piece just yet I kind of see this as a bit archival and just documenting what I've been doing especially over these last past five weeks yeah would you call it anything yet no I've like when saving like some of the videos I've just been like oh I've just given it a title because I need to save a file (laughs) and like I think if I played with the video a bit more and I maybe made a bit more content with some of it there's a chance that it could become its own piece and it's a bit of an expanded version, but I don't want to name anything just yet. I'm just, and I'm going to keep the names that I've given it. I'm just going to keep it to myself for a little bit and not share it wide. What are your next stages? And if the residency's shaped that? I think what's next for me is I've got in London a studio with my really good friend and creative like collaborator Rowan Ayinde so when I get back home and I'm settled I'm gonna be in the studio and just be in collaborative excitement and just energy even when we're probably doing separate stuff and connected stuff just be in that space I think being in a studio space that gives you room and time and space to do stuff I think I really yeah, I thought about like how I want to do that when I'm back home. So I'm excited for that and things to come after it. Like there's nothing fixed that I have right now, but something feels good in my bones that something's brewing. So our, The research that we developed through the residency in our like studio walls became a sort of installation. So we did the performance in the space, but we used a camcorder to live project what was going through the camera and we were panning it around our research and because we'd used that green paper we were chroma keying contextual research onto it so papers and like notes that were stuck on the wall that wouldn't make sense to anyone just coming to view it now made sense because of these film works that we'd kind of underlaid and it was to kind of create a space of fiction and speculation where the concrete and the research has all this fiction behind it and kind of blurring the line between what's critical and fact. That's really interesting though, like how, what did it mean to you then to like have that space where people are walking up, they have to at first interpret their own things from that research, but then it's nice you've got to almost interrupt it by having your performance in terms of speculative fiction, because it's like, it's such an interesting theoretical framework, but it's hard, I guess, to find your own place within that. And you were talking about how you wanted to look into dramatisation. Do you feel that's what you want to build on? Definitely, it was kind of strange the residency as a whole was obviously a kind of process based and a space to test ideas. But then as soon as you gather that around like a performance or, you know, something concrete, then people, I don't know, can't help but view that in that way. So in a sense, it did become a finalized idea, although that performance itself was more of a test for future ideas. But it's definitely something that we want to build on. And I think we've got plans for where to take it. And now because of how it was really nice to see how all those elements did actually come together in a way that we couldn't really, we could kind of grasp initially, but it was only by seeing it that you could see how they related. 
Yeah, it was a good experiment in figuring out how to dramatize a space. And something that also we did it in a very DIY way with not many resources. It looked a bit scrappy and seeing how we can transform even that type of space. And in our next performances, we're looking at how to build spaces to (laughs) to perform with them. And like this idea of like set design and like kind of leaning into that side of the dramatization as well. That's really interesting. And by with your woodwork feed into that? Yeah, I think for potentially for a performance coming up with Experimentica, we were thinking about using that model from that we did at G39, but then incorporating some of the elements from our exhibition. Um, so yeah, maybe even using one of the boards and like dramatizing the playing of the game, you know, something like that with with some like spoken elements. So yeah, like bringing those two elements together. How did you feel having a live audience? We purposely laid out the performance so we could have our backs to the audience at all times. <laughs> so that felt nice. But then we'd we kind of would film each other so that we were technically facing the audience. Like the projection of us was facing the audience. And I think as much as we're working in performance now, we're not very extroverted people. I think that's a misconception about performance. You have to be an extrovert. But we'd like the idea of performing in our own kind of private space, but that can be made public but it doesn't have to like completely change the dynamics of how you make or how you communicate just because you want an audience so it was really nice actually to have an audience it's nice to see people kind of value your work and see their reaction because so often we because a lot of our work's been online as well you literally never see (laughs) what how anyone's reacting Mm, definitely yeah it's really like nice to actually know what they think (laughs) (laughs) do you have ideas for what you'll do with that video I don't know well some people who missed the performance were asking for documentation of it and I think that might be a nice thing to show them because it's not the performance but it captures what it was like and actually it's probably a nicer thing to show than actual images or footage documenting how it went because it's it I don't know, capture something else. Yeah, I think it's something we do again, though, just that, that subjective recording. But also, we, we only watched it back not even that long ago, like last week. So it was kind of like we had time and then we looked back at it and had that quite kind of an unusual recording of it, you know, basically what the audience would have seen on the screen. So it was it was good for us to reflect on it. Mm, nice to have that time in between to look at it again. What are your plans going forward from Unite? So we've got a residency or an intensive week at Citta del Arte in Biella in Italy, where we're um, going to be spending some time looking at some other elements of our practice and our work on Lumen and thinking about what socially engaged practice means. So we'll be potentially connecting with some other artists from other socially engaged projects around the world. And then after that, we've got two performances coming up one in around like November and one in the end of September. So it's been really helpful having Unite because that is the format of performance that we're going to adapt for those two upcoming ones. One's in Mosaic Rooms and the other one is with Experimentica, yeah. Uh, That's amazing and really exciting. And it's nice to hear how Unite has helped that, especially the open studio format. I think it sounds like it's been really beneficial to everyone Mm. as a place to experiment before making things more concrete. Mm -hmm, Definitely, yeah. Hello, Rosie. I'm, there's somebody cutting the grass outside, so I hope it's not too annoying. Anyway, here we go. I'm 
So what I showed for the Unite Open Studios was a, a moving image work in progress and it was a two channel piece with synced sound um, showed on two large flat screens, one of which was propped up on the ground and the other at eye level. And uh, it looked at how we belong um, and our connections to one another and kind of wider, the wider world. And I would describe it probably as a kind of scientific eye on a family portrait. So there was a lot of imagery of the females in my family, um, intergenerational, so from ages 12 to 96. But it was also cut with landscape, um, metronomes, like markers of, of time passing, um, and also like scientific models and imagery, microscopic imagery taken from the Welcome Collection archive. And it weaves together this intergenerational portrait of the females on my mother's side uh, with a series of scientific facts about the nature of time, um, how kidneys function, organ transplantation, um, also the idea of microchimera, which is when you have two distinct sets of cells within one, one body and it can occur through pregnancy or, or um, also through organ transplantation. But a lot of the scientific facts also felt like they could be fictitious. So was, there was this kind of, or science fiction, so there's this kind of uh, destabilising thing going on. Um, and all these fragments are held together in a kind of freewheeling way, like memory, but um, there's a lot of linkages and doubling and repetition that kind of aims to try and make it feel open, but still coherent. So the piece is called uh, Patsy, and that's after, uh, that's the name of my 96-year-old Nana, who does some dancing in the film. Um, but it's also the name that my mum gave to the kidney she received uh, when she had a transplant in 2017. So uh, nurses in the hospital told her to give the kidney a name and talk to it and kind of welcome it in to her body. And even though she did this, the kidney lay inert for six days so we were all waiting to know whether it would reject um, and on the sixth night mum went on this Tina Turner bed dancing Spotify odyssey and, and the next day Patsy came to life so um, I loved the, the bleakness of this kind of story but then the way it shifts to this absurd way of, of confronting mortality and I wanted there to be a kind of shift or a range of emotions as part of the piece. Uh, so like the visuals, there are different layers or registers of sound and they help structure uh, or mark out each vignette. Um, so there are sound recordings from the BBC archive. I'm primarily a, a recording of birdsong and then also one of a heartbeat. The heartbeat I felt like was like a kind of drum or this internal kind of drum and the birdsong is a kind of externalised like melody. Um, so also thinking about this, the internal reaching out to the external world. Um, there are also parts in the film where I use my own voice to narrate stories and this is set against a backdrop of silence 
Um, and finally, I've taken the refrain from uh, Ike and Tina Turner's Proud Mary, a refrain from the rhythm guitar, and looped it. So it's played, first of all, on bass and then on guitar. Um, the soundtrack's really sparse, and I'm hoping that this kind of repetitive refrain has a kind of flow that lets you drift along with it but it's punctuated by moments of silence that kind of mimic the, the idea of, or that feeling of waiting and expect, expectation. Um, I'm also hoping that your subconscious registers the refrain without fully knowing it, it comes from Proud Mary, because it's quite a popular song. Because towards the close of the piece, um, the heartbeat, recording gives way to a kick drum and then to live footage and recording of Tina Turner in concert singing Proud Mary. That's like the final kind of connection uh, that Tina Turner's had a transplant to. In all honesty, my first reaction was relief that I'd actually made the work. <laughs> because there was a kind of cruel irony that I was able to, to work on Patsy because I felt a distance from, the, from my mother's transplant. But actually during the residency, my dad was um, diagnosed with terminal cancer. And so I was definitely in a bit of a daze, but, um, but I really rated all the other artists and it was great to show alongside them and, and to see the work on such large, screens as well like to have that that kit to test things out was brilliant and I guess one of the important things for me was that with the work this kind of personal story opened up or resonated with a wider audience and in fact the the film opens with the fact that the AstraZeneca vaccine was grown in embryonic kidney cells to kind of just try and locate the film in the heightened sense of loss and work time and absurd reality of the pandemic. So quite a few of the people who came to the open studios were moved to tears or laughter from the film and so it, that was nice to know that although it's a beginning that I might be on the, the right track. This was the first time I'd used text or worked on a two-channel piece and I definitely felt those aspects were very raw and could be, well, needed developing. Um, and it was also the first time I'd used my own voice, which was painful, like kind of excruciating, <laughs> but also worked and located the piece within this kind of vein of dark or absurd humour that definitely runs through all the females in my family and I, I suspect is is a kind of Scottish thing as well. Yeah, so going forward, I definitely want to continue to develop the piece. And one of the ways that I'll do that is to incorporate dance sequences as a kind of glue between each vignette. But going forward with other pieces, I guess, to use my voice again. So I want to make a film about Carol Compton, who was a young woman from actually my hometown and in the 1980s moved to Italy to be with her first love and she worked as a nanny there 
So she's kind of away from home in part. The film's about belonging again, but um, she ended up being linked to a series of fires, um, was accused of witchcraft and imprisoned. So I kind of want to make... I love giallo films. I want to make a giallo style film, but using my a Scottish voice for the dubbing. So I presented a project called Mycelium Systems, which, like I explained in the last episode, is about a character called Prototype G who clicks on a link and doesn't read the terms and conditions and has to give her heart to the mycelium systems and she's sort of exploring this space in between nature and technology and it's sort of this journey of communication and connection through online sort of resources I guess maybe like a mirroring of the last year with COVID and how we connect online and like what sort of what intimacy feels like online at least. There was two video uh, streams. So one of them was in the cinema room, blown up pretty big. The room was dark. It had sort of ambient sounds. And there was also like a big pile of soil on the floor with a projection. I found why well, I, I found an open source code for mycelium growth. So I sort of had a play with that, did a lot of text experiments and had it projected onto the soil. So as you'd walk into the room, there's like there's this this really overwhelming sense of or smell of soil lights are kind of going off it's a really dreamy space to be in and it's quite I guess you could say almost liminal you sort of forget the outside world and you're just kind of transported into this um, environment or atmosphere yeah there was also on opening night there was also some performance live performance going on which was my first time doing live performance as well which was really scary but really exciting I was in a ghillie suit and like the I, I suppose the character itself had like a lot of different names like it was like anonymous or ghillie or just shredded Gwen or something I'm not sure but the setup of it was because it was in the cinema room and people would come and sit on the front two steps Gilly or Anonymous would be sitting behind them and sort of watching slowly as they'd come in and it was kind of they were this this sort of character was was very much an observer and, and a spectator of the spectator almost and to me I don't know I, I had this idea of it being almost like this meta idea of observation online and being watched as you engage with things yeah I think I think I'd like to do more with that in the future to be honest because I feel like it was such a limited performance only a few people saw it which was kind of nice in a, in, in a, in a way but I think there's more there to explore in terms of performance in the ghillie suit and using this 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 identity of anonymous with it. Mm. How yeah. did you feel it changed or added to the artwork? I think it sort of added this other dimension to it, this idea of almost like a liveness to it, because I'm already using sort of organic materials with technology and adding this like body to it as well brings in, I guess, this this idea of imminence or this idea of because I know like I talked to some people about it about it afterwards and some people thought it was like very surreal uh, serene and like it seemed like benevolent almost and some people were like freaked out by it and it had like a creepy vibe so it was sort of 50 50 about how people or what the reception was about about the performance itself because the music in the actual room itself was so serene and the lights and and, and having this sort of body in there sort of disrupted that like energy of the space 
for sure yeah I definitely did that and um, it's interesting did it relate because how would you describe the video projected on the main screen it definitely felt cinematic because I think it was the cinema room wasn't it it was that just huge image that you're bombarded with like colors and shapes and I think it was as a video piece the main mycelium systems video is quite overwhelming with visuals and layers and all different kinds of things so it's one of these pieces where I think it could be viewed multiple times and you sort of notice new things there was text on it as well um so like subtitles that people could read generally like spend a little more time sort of I don't know navigating or dissecting what you saw on the screen and looking at different elements of it which I really liked and even even still, sometimes I'll like if I watch it again, sometimes I notice like small little things I didn't even notice when I was making it because it is such such a visually overwhelming piece of work almost. Yeah, I like that balance because in those seats, the way you could look at it, you could like sit and look at the big screen and all the visuals. And like you said, kind of get bombarded and a bit overwhelmed, like feel all that sort of systems going on mm-hmm. then it was nice that like, the pile of soil in front of it and it was almost peaceful yeah <laughs> so balance. and then like you said the third dimension again then with gilly yeah and I think someone said it was a protective feeling with gilly there which is- mm. that's interesting I didn't realize someone said that but that's that's that is like something interesting to take from it and then how do you think that project is going to feed into future where and the idea of you've talked before how Soviet cinema has really inspired you mm-hmm. in live performance? So well, I'm currently sort of working through some ideas now for my next project. I think having that aspect of live performance will be great and something that I'm really looking forward to to like trying out again. Um one thing with this project at least it wasn't so much a live set or it was in a way with a soil but it wasn't a it it didn't feel that theatrical the video itself maybe did but I don't know this this idea of aliveness and live performance and stuff combined with this theatrical element with the themes that I've already been looking at is something that I think I'm going to do moving forward and how to sort of bring in this element of interactivity to is something that I'm really sort of curious about. I remember like originally with the projections of the um, hi-fi and the mycelium, originally I wanted people to be able to walk underneath it and walk through it and become like part of the part of the network themselves and stuff. I think, yeah, even if I screened it again, I think I'd probably want to try that out with it and see how how different the reaction or the response would be to be able to like have this this freedom that comes with sort of like spectating it and being a part of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was really nice that even reaching my arm over the soil is really cool, mm-hmm. <laughs> like really cool effect. So yeah, that'd be really great. Do you think space has like previously limited you from achieving that? Definitely, I think so because even even over lockdown, I've been working on video stuff. I've been doing a lot of like performance and tech stuff. But I think it, what the difference was with the residency, like being in G thirty nine on the Unite program, it was it just allowed me to actually garner a live response or some kind of there was some kind of humanness to it almost to be able to actually in real life physically interact with a piece of work instead of viewing it online on YouTube on Vimeo or whatever and it's something that I've had sort of limited experience with in the past and something that I'm really excited to to develop in the future as well. What have you got lined up next? 
So I'm hoping to move to Cardiff soon because I've got a place in an alternative art school in Bristol called East Bristol Contemporary Day School. So that'll be running for a year where there'll be one-to-ones, artist talks, open studios, socials, and sort of generally being around other artists in a new area, which I'm super excited about. So perfect, like you're really going to achieve mm. like the bigger projects. Hopefully, yeah, definitely. Awesome, can't wait. <laughs> Thank you. This has been a special podcast series produced by myself, Rosie clement Henning, during the Jewish Unite season at G39. I'd like to thank all of the artists, Gwyneth Lloyd, Gwenba, Sadia Panida-Hamid and Bo Beekhouse, Yuande Yoyo Donaby and Wendy Short for their time and for generously giving us an insight into their practice. Make sure to keep up to date with their work. I'll tag the social media in the show notes. Also, special thanks to Gwemba for this outro music, which is available to listen to on a SoundCloud, and I'll also link this in the show notes. And thank you to all of you for listening. Please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast over you from the side.